Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Alex, I had a name come to me in a dream. This is not a joke. Uh, this name came to me in a dream, and I thought this would be a fantastic character. So I thought we should workshop another character together, because it's been a long time since we've workshopped a character. Right, because um, most of the time you come come to me with a character, and I hate it. So yeah. I'm glad we're doing this together. All right, so the name of the character is... It's a long upset. name. I'm already upset. How does this happen? The name of the character is Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron. Now let's talk about that. Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron is his full last name. And so therefore, that's the full character name. So when I say that, do you hear it as Mr. Iron Pause Kissed by Iron? Do you hear it by Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron? Like, uh, how do you hear that name? What does I that hear name the first mean one. to you? Okay, so I think Mr. Mr. Iron I- kissed who by Iron. was kissed by Iron. Okay, and not Mr. Iron kissed. Don't forget, it was by Iron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you like envision? I- I'll tell you what I have, and you can uh, see if uh, what you have is similar. I got kind of like a like um chastised prospector kind of vibe, you know, like a town fool old. Like crazy prospector. Wow, that's not at all. I got like a medieval times, like king, who is cursed, and like the, his like son, or he comes from a history of like blacksmiths. Okay, and okay. he wor- He like got in good with the king, and he ended up taking like now he's like owns land. He's he's like his sons are knights now. That kind of thing. He, he's a guy. He's he's one of the guys that would give you side quests. Yeah. In in a, well, but in, he's in like super important. Like he's connected. Yeah. So and like kissed by iron because like his family, obviously they work around iron all the time, and a lot of times they'll get burnt, so they have like scars and stuff. And if he's like kissed by iron, I imagine he's a little pretentious about like his skill with a forge, you know, like you, it, it's quite literally like a Bane complex. Like <laughs> I was born in it. I was born with it. I was kissed by the iron. Yeah. Like it has scolded me. It has burned me. I know what it feels like. Yeah. That kind of thing. He's very protective over yeah, his yeah. occupation. Mr. Iron kissed by iron. It's also just a fun name to say. I lo- uh, it makes me crack up, crack up out loud every time I say it. Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron. I think it's just more dramatic for me. Not very comedic. It's just like, it's like um, he who shall not be named. That kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Or like the chosen one. Or so, like the one who fulfills the prophecy. That kind of vibe. So is Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron chosen to fulfill a prophecy or oh, is he just most a step definitely. along the way? Most definitely. Or it's like, it might not be him, but it's like, he definitely uses words like ancestors and legacy a lot. <laughs> and he's definitely the kind of guy that like is constantly feeling inferior to the ancestors before him. Like yeah. all, like everyone else kissed by iron. They, they made their way through this country with no, with no shame to their name. And here I am disgracing the entire family. Yeah. He's definitely got like a huge chip on his shoulder. 
he talks about the prophecy. He's definitely raised his sons, right, to like know the fables of how they got their last name. It's a whole thing, bro. Yeah, he has no daughters. Every daughter oh, he had, no he gave. Oh, no way. Yeah, oh, and gave... by the way, there's no way he's married either. Like, he definitely had a wife, but she's like, I cannot deal with this guy. Oh, and she I, was what... either killed or she left. But she's oh, no, not she's around. definitely dead. There's no way a character named Mr. Iron Kissed by Iron did not have his wife fridged. Like, she she either got killed by him or killed by somebody else, and he just carries that with him. He's like, I couldn't even protect my wife. Yeah, couldn't couldn't protect couldn't protect my family within my own walls. Yeah, it was yeah. This guy's just full of trauma. <laughs> so uh, when we inevitably launch our D and D podcast, uh, you'll ha- make the the final boss will be Mister Iron Kissed by Iron. Yeah, for sure. He'll be like, or like he'll be like the mentor who like walks you through. He's like, you must follow the path I was unable to do, or something oh like of that. Like, like if he was Red Skull in Infinity War, like I guide others to something I cannot yes, possess. Yes, <laughs> with that level of drama as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An iron helmet he can't take off, and when he finally does take it off, you know it's like all Darth Vader. You know, messed up skin and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a perfect character. Very cool character. Very yeah. cool. I respect him a lot. Anybody who doesn't have a real name is just cooler. So, I don't know. It feels it would definitely feel weird if he was the only person in a village who had the prefix Mr. <laughs> like, or everyone oh. else has normal names. Be like, that's Jason. That's Kelly. That's Mr. Iron. Guess by Iron. That's Roger. <laughs> None of the kids want to ask him if they can come over tonight. Yeah, dude. That's like in the mob where everyone's like, that's Billy the Kid. That's Billy the Fighter. That's uh, Roger uh, Scarface. That's uh, that's like Billy the the Mob or Billy the King, Billy the Ring. And then you just have... and the, But in this world, he's the only one with a nickname. <laughs> like like this is Billy the Archer, this is Billy the King, and this is Billy Iron Kissed by Iron. <laughs> yes, wait, 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 what was that last one? <laughs> yeah, this guy so I think if this guy was a comedy character, he would have to be the straight man. Everyone everyone else around him is stupid, but yeah. he's the one that holds the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, do you want to start talking about our movie? <sighs> Let's talk about the movie, man. Okay, uh, this week is week three of our mystery theme. This week we watched Catch Me If You Can, a Steven Spielberg movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Thomas Hanks. So we're not going to do a spoiler section for this. Uh, we're just going to do one big all-spoiler section. So if you want to skip the movie segment and go into the next segment, you can use the time code right here. Time code 3140. Catch Me If You Can. Have you seen uh, it before? No, but I'm familiar with the story. Um, and if you are not familiar with the story, it's very, it's based on a true story. It's based on a real guy's life. Uh, this guy is named Frank Abagnale, and it's very Wolf of Wall Street in tone, like guy with nothing hustles and cheats the system to get a bunch of money in the end. Right. I'm starting to think Leonardo DiCaprio just like loves these roles. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good at them. He's very good at them. Also, this movie's directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I said that at the top. You know, 
Some people say that I don't have great listening skills. <laughs> Others say I have an amazing listening skills. This podcast is a whole lot of me waiting to say what I want to say. <laughs> and not a whole lot of listening. Which makes the improv segment particularly difficult, difficult every time yeah. we do it. <laughs> um, which is why we end up double cocked all the time. <laughs> uh this movie, like I said, has a very Wolf of Wall Street tone. This guy spends half the movie forging checks. Yeah, it's a whole lot of, oh, uh, this was a cool career. I'm going to switch it up. Oh, this girl was cool. I'm going to, I don't even, the thing is, is these girls are cool. I'm like, does he actually like her? Because it's so hard to tell. He yeah. also meets like three or four celebrities. And I'm like, oh, she's going to be important. You know, like Jennifer Gardner. And she's not. Meets Elizabeth Banks. She's not important either. You would think Amy Adams was important, and she's very kinda. She is the most important. Of the women, outside of his That mother. he sleeps with. <laughs> that, he's, uh, that he sleeps with, most important, yeah. Yeah, and, and so over the course of this movie, he is uh, a substitute teacher, a Pan Am pilot, a doctor and a lawyer and he learns how to do pretty much all of them by watching tv which is like it's one oh, of the, he was also a uh secret service oh yeah person. yeah yeah. Secret service so person. this movie when you like it's almost the perfect movie for a kid because you describe like this guy goes around and he pretends to be like a pilot. He pretends to be a doctor and he did it all by watching TV. Like it's the perfect plot for a kid because the guy's a kid the whole time. Yeah, dude. He starts the movie off at 16 a year and a half later. He gets caught. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. This guy's 18. Like <laughs> what? this guy is like really smart. As many foolish, childish mistakes he makes as a child, he also is kind of a genius. Yeah, it's crazy. It's also nice because we've seen a lot of scenes in this movie where Marks are just like explaining to him how this works. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's nice because you know exactly what to do now. Oh, there's two forms of identification when you're a pilot. Oh, this guy's going to show you what those look like. Oh, this bank teller is going to show you how checks work. She's yeah. going to show you the machine that happened. Like, it's crazy. And the first time he, every time he does it, it is so incredibly obvious where like, you would like to think that, you know, an idiot with sunglasses and noise canceling headphones would be able to pick on, pick up on what he's laying down. Cause he's interviewing this pilot and he's like, how much do you get paid? How would I get in? What do I need to do this? Like, all right. Hey, we, we know. We know. See, those are all really good questions. Because those are, those are the questions a high schooler would ask. The, I think the only reason he gets away with it is because he's so young. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's like, yeah, every 16-year-old, 17-year-old wants to know how much you get paid. Every person wants to know, hey, what, do I, what school do I go to to do this? So everyone just breaks it down for him. But also, nobody has any idea how old he is. So when he says he's young, everyone believes him. When he says he's 30 years old, everyone believes him. Yeah. It's crazy. And there are just certain things that happen completely by accident. Um, like uh, the fact that the uniform had to be paid with a 
employee ID number, you know, completely by accident. Yeah. So he's just like, I'll write a check. And he goes, we don't do cash or checks here. Just give your employee ID number and we'll charge it to your payroll. And he goes, oh, I'll just make up a number then. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, That's like, nice. This is one of those things that could only happen in the 60s. Because yeah, dude. Fingerprints, bro. Yeah, there's a there's no there's no machine for it. So in this, they're literally like inking his fingerprints, right? And there's a guy just looking at other fingerprints. Yeah, just <laughs> looking at them. I'm like, what? And with the employee ID number, it's like if that were to happen literally twenty years later, he would have punched that into a into a computer. And it would have been like, oh, that's an invalid number. <laughs> yeah. Also, it takes two weeks for a check from New York to get to L.A. Yeah. Now that's three days. Mail's faster, bro. Yeah. Mail well, is just Well, not even faster. that. Like, check. You can move checks digitally now. Yeah. Just take a picture. Email it, bro. It's crazy. So, also, so they're it, like, hey, um, are you deadheading? Deadheading? So he's just like a pilot hitching a ride to go one place. He goes, "Oh yeah," and they're like, "All right," and like, just don't ask for his ID. What's even better about that scene is she asks, "Are you deadheading tonight?" And he goes, "Yeah," and then he turns to walk away, looks back, and goes, "Like just for fun. Let's say I didn't remember what deadheading was. What right. is that?" And mean? she just laughs, and, and she he- laughs, and. Does nothing else. Right. Like, obviously, I'm not going to explain to you such a basic concept. You have a pilot's license. Um, or so we thought. What did you think? All right. So celebrities in this. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Christopher Walken, Amy Adams, John James Brolin. Who I totally forgot was in this. Uh, Brian Howe was big back then. Uh, Jennifer Gardner, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, and a bunch of other people, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's freaking star-studded, bro. The it's freaking woman, nuts. So Martin the person, Sheen, I think I already said it, but it was crazy. The person who I knew was in this, but was a smaller part than I thought it was, was Ellen Pompeo, uh, who is Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. Um, uh, she's the first girl that he sleeps with. And she, she's the one where he's like, this is the best date I've ever been on. That's mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I remember looking through her IMDb just one day, just like for funsies. And like, oh, you were in Catch Me If You Can. Like, that's kind of crazy. And turns out not important. Not important. Dude, there's so many people that you're just seeing young. Everybody in this movie is young. Seeing Amy Adams this young, like almost made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, she was 26 in this movie. I yeah, really, she, she was mid 20s. But she looks like she does 22. Yeah, she, she looks has very braces, young. and it's it was weird. Braces de-age somebody by 10 years. Also, automatically, she's an amazing actress. She really is. So yeah. I'm like, I believe what you're doing right now. I've seen you in a million movies, but I believe what you're doing right now. Same thing with Christopher Walken when they're in a restaurant. And he's like, I bought you a car. And he goes, I can't have this because the freaking IRS is going to come after me. If they're already seizing my assets, you can't give me a new car. And he starts crying. I'm like, yeah. good grief, dude. I didn't know you were this good. The scene that he's in after that, where they do, where they meet in the bar and Frank basically, or Junior basically disowns his father and just like tells him off because he doesn't want to do the engagement. Like that was what was heartbreaking for me. Yeah, it was, it was weird because 
you remember you got to remember like the whole time that like F- frank jr leo's character he's just he just wants his parents to get back together yeah so just he's go doing- ask her out just go t- call mom you guys can come out to the engagement together. Hey, just go pick up your mom in this new car. Hey, I'll get you a new suit. You can go pick her up. You look nice. And he's like, I'm all for it, dude. I like he, you know, fell in love with her in France. And she's like so moved on. Because in his head, in Frank Jr.'s head, the only reason she broke up with him was because of the money problem. Right. So he's like, I'll fix the money and you guys can get back together. Yeah. But, you know, as he learns... Very slowly, if I'm being honest. Uh, It's not always as simple as that. Also, it was annoyingly slow because he knew that she was cheating on him. And he forgave her really quickly. From before they even got separated. Right. So I was thinking, I'm like, why do you want him to go back to your mom? Because you know she's taking advantage of him. Yeah. But who knows, man? Um, He's just a kid. uh, This might be a hot take. This might be a hot take. Send it. I did not like Tom Hanks in this movie. Okay, so you didn't like Tom Hanks. You didn't Correct. like Tom Hanks's character. I did not like his performance. I didn't either, dude. It's so because lackluster. Did not matter. I'm the the thing that I narrowed it down to was I think the accent was holding him back. First of all, the accent was there sometimes. Yeah, and it it felt cartoony. And on top of that, I understand his character. First of all, his character was not based on a real person. It was based on the personalities and attributes of multiple people, which means he basically made that stuff up. He, that character came from the brain of the writer, went through the director, and he just adapted as an actor. So he was just making it up. And it was evident because he had no substance. Yeah. It's just like... They, I think there were really nice moments with him. I think all the Christmas calls, I really liked those scenes. The scene in the hotel, I liked that. But everything other than that, I was just like, come on, you're better than this. Yeah, it didn't. Which doesn't make sense. I think it. I, I want to chalk it up to the writers, but honestly, the part could have been played better by somebody else, I think. I don't think Tom Hanks was good for this role. Yeah, I, I agree. Because everyone else freaking nailed their Knocks jobs. it out of the park. Everyone else did such a good job. But when Tom Hanks was on screen, I'm like, I don't care, bro. I really don't care. He's supposed to play like that nerdy FBI analyst who specializes in bank fraud and really loves it, but no one else wants the job. It's very like um, Jack Ryan, the CIA analyst who's going to Afghanistan and like, hanging out with spies, except for Tom Hanks is not admirable at all. Like he's not cool and no one wants to, I'm no one's rooting for him. We're too busy rooting for Leo. So no one wants to get, we know he's going to get caught, but we're like, we don't want you to get caught. And we definitely don't want you to get caught by this freaking bozo dude. (laughs) Yeah. Because he lets him slip away one too many times for us to forgive him. Yeah, at some point you're just like, is this guy dumb? Is he dumb? So, yeah, just not not a big fan of Tom Hanks' performance. Yeah, what did you think about the storytelling, the fact that they were jumping around the timeline? We see him in France. It. I think they did it too much. I think um, starting in France, fine. And then if they did one in the middle, sure. 
and then wrapped it up in present day. But they did like they did like three in the first act, then like one at the end of the second act. Like it was inconsistent. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. They just didn't, I didn't think they did it well. This dude, the story, the concept, the so premise cool. is awesome. And I think most of the actors did their job. I think there's quite a few plot holes, which you can usually crack up to like, hey, this is based over two story. Real life has plot holes. Um, but I think that the FBI portion of this was not done well. Anytime we saw the FBI, anytime we were focusing on them and their investigation, it was the most boring part of the movie. And this movie is long. This movie, that was my other thing, is it felt like this movie went on for pretty long. Which ticks me off. It's two hours and 21 minutes. It felt like two hours and 40 minutes. It's one of those things that like there was no driving action at all because Leo's character is just figuring stuff out. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to be this now, you know? So, like, you have nothing to look forward to because he has no idea what's coming. Yeah, and, there, like, there's a looming threat of being caught, but it only gets actualized, like, once every so often. Right. And it'll and be like... we know he's going to get caught because we have flashbacks. So there's no yeah. suspense. We we know it's a matter of time. Um, And at the end of the movie, when he gets caught, goes to prison, and... They're like, hey, we want to offer you a job to help catch other people doing fraud. I'm like, cool. This is where the story ends. Because, like, I knew the story. And I'm like, cool. This is where the movie should end. And yep. I check the time. And there's 20 minutes left. Yeah, dude. And it was so dumb. It's so dumb. And then they have to be like, well, we knew you were going to leave. We knew you were going to escape. We just know you're going to come back. How do you know? I just, I just do. There's no one chasing you. So just like, we're going to let you continue committing fraud as long as you come back on Monday for work. And then there's like that like moment of tension where we don't know if he's going to come back or not. And he right. does. I feel, I feel like we all knew he did. Um, so it was just like, it was an extended ending for kind of what felt like no reason. For no reason. There was no major plot point revealed. You don't find out this person gets married or he finds love. None of that happens. None of it. Also, there's a whole lot of points in this movie that we're just like, we're just never going to come back to that. All these women you meet, the fact that he got married, all this trash, we're just never going to come back to that. No closure whatsoever. I guess the only closure would be the fact that he goes back to being a pilot briefly yeah <clears throat> very briefly at the oh very also end. you That's start it. this movie you start this movie and <laughs> this movie radiates you're gonna have to read at the end energy oh, so hard yeah dude like listen i'm not i'm not opposed to when i watch a movie like this reading a little synopsis of the present day i'm not against that i think it's fine but it radiates that energy so hard. I knew I was going to have to do it from the moment I pressed play. Yeah, dude. Are you okay well, with stuff like that? I, I, I'm okay with reading at the end. I, I couldn't care less. Um, I know a lot of times if there's multiple characters that put the character's picture up and then put a little blurb like this person ended up going to UCLA and graduated with a master's degree. They now work at Berkeley Hospital and they, their mom lives with them. And they do that for every single character. So, How long is that segment allowed to last? Freaking five minutes. Min- okay. I, I really don't care. It doesn't bother <laughs> okay. me at all. 
Sure. Because it's enough. very like chill. The thing that this movie does do right, besides the reading at the end, which was so boring and it added a lot of information that no one cares about, especially when this movie <laughs> comes out in 2002 and you're like, most of these people are dead right now. <laughs> um, the opening credits were fire. The opening credits were fire, about 45 seconds too long. Yeah. But it had like a very James Bond animated theme and I was yeah. on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Bro, this um, movie got nominated for Oscars. Yeah, it it did. Uh, I don't think it deserved any of them. Best actor in a supporting role, Christopher Walken. I'm on board with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Best music, uh, score. Couldn't care less. The, okay, and this is a John Williams movie. Oh, Couldn't I just tell. realized other movies that came out in 2003, Gangs of New York. <laughs> also with DiCaprio. Yeah. What the heck, dude? Also, The Pianist came out. Freaking oh, what? Yeah. Best actor in a leading role. Jack Nicholson. Nick Nicholas Cage. Uh, Michael Caine. Daniel Day-Lewis. Adrian Brody. These people <laughs> didn't stand a freaking chance. No. Man. No. What was Nick Cage nominated for? Um, A movie called Adaption. Okay. But yeah. Dude. These guys didn't stand a freaking chance. Best actor in supporting role. Chris Cooper. Also for Adaption. Ed Harris was in. Paul Newman. John C. Riley. Dude, this movie didn't stand a freaking chance. And I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, didn't I didn't get nominated really for don't. Best Director. Do you know why? Because Martin Scorsese was nominated for Best Director. And he didn't even win. <laughs> it, these guys are getting their they got pounded, bro. Yeah, I, I think overall this movie just comes down to a really cool concept with mediocre execution. Yeah. It's a good movie. But it had the potential to do so much more. Oh, do you know what beat it for best music? Actually, this is, I'm just losing my mind over this. Best music, it got nominated for best music original score. Best music original song, 8 Mile, bro, Eminem. Oh, yeah, dude, of course. Best music original score, Frida beat it. Dude, this movie <laughs> what, it had no no business being nominated. No business Absolutely being nominated. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, there were... There was. I wish we could have seen more of him doing the jobs. Yeah, because like, the whole doctor thing did not last long at all. Yeah, and the and, lawyer thing was one scene where the judge was like, "Do you even know what you're doing?" And that was it. Yeah, I didn't know what the point of that scene was. It was. It was all of us being like, "Wait, he just faked being a doctor, and he has no idea what he's doing." And we saw him just push it onto the other doctors. But I'm like, how in the heck is he getting away with being a lawyer? Well, because there's that's no the thing. way he's getting away with it. That's the scene. The doc. Well, the lawyer thing he got away with because he actually passed the bar exam. Yeah, um, but like, remember when he was like, "This is preliminary hearing. There is no jury. There is no defense. What are you doing?" Yeah, he I'm definitely, the only one here. <laughs> he he definitely should have. Uh, a call should have been made. A call should yeah. have been made. But that scene with the doctor that you were referencing where he just like passes it off to the subordinates, like that's the kind of stuff I want to see of, of like him trying to lie his way through his yeah, job. Like getting out of it. He does it pretty well because he's the pilot for most of the movie. Yeah. Which is crazy that it's most. He of spends the movie. most of the time as a co-pilot. I'm pretty yes. sure. So, and, um, and that was a little bit easier to fake. But I don't know if he ever flew. Or was he just deadheading everywhere? Did I have he ever, no idea. Because it doesn't freak. That's important, bro. That's what we <laughs> all wanted to see. 
Yeah. And I do want to say, I think this movie does a very good job at setting him up to be a delinquent, you know, very early on very well. Because I think him instantly becoming the substitute teacher is so cool. I like that's the kind of stuff that I wanted this movie to have for the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. then when he's sitting outside the principal's office and he tells that girl like, Hey, you should fold it. It's more believable that way. You know, stuff like that. I wanted him to burn notice this movie. It was, I wanted him to so bad, but it didn't happen. Also, I think the reason that Tom Hanks sticks out like a sore thumb is because James Gandolfini was going to be in that part. Oh, He's the main character in The Sopranos. Oh, okay. That would have gone so much better. So much better. He's actually from Jersey, dude. Yeah. He would have killed it. Um, Hand ready. Hand ready. It was, dude, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I liked this movie. Yeah. But it could be so much better, bro. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I was Uh, disappointed. Do you want to give a rating or do you have more to say? No, man, we can get it ready. I kind of don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. I'm sad, man. This movie makes me sad because I, I, I've seen the first 20 minutes and I've seen the last 20 minutes. And that makes the movie sound awesome. And yeah. then you get to the middle and be like, this is it. This is it. So I bet you people who don't watch movies all the time will love this movie. <laughs> if you don't I, watch movies all the time, the small stuff is not going to make you sweat like it does us. I'm going to say, I'm going to give this a flat seven. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. I want to give it a six and a half. I just want to say, Alex, you don't have to tell us what you want to give it. You can just give it stuff. I can't, though, because I think people are going to look at me and be like, first of all, he said way too many nice things for it to be a six. I'm like, well, I want to. Okay, I'm not going I will say to. that's how I felt about School of Rock last week. You spent the entire time praising the movie and then gave it a flat seven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I understand. There's very few movies I feel like people can predict my number, and I would be surprised if most people can do it. But I'm giving this movie. Uh, I want to, dude. Yeah. I the thing is, I kind of enjoyed this movie, and I think. You know what? I like School of Rock more. This movie is a six. Okay. I like School of Rock more, and I think that's going to be the benchmark for the rest of this month. All right. Um. So what? Uh, have you thought about the theme at all? What do you, After watching this movie, what do you I think, think the theme is? I think I, I'm going to stick with what I said last week. I don't exactly know what it is, but I think it's just frauds. It's the people okay. like, in positions. So your guesses. So your first guess was guy who redeems himself. And then your second guess was sneaky decades. Yes. So I think the theme now is just, it's literally people pretending to be something they're not right. We have a person pretending to be a substitute teacher. It's a person like miss portraying like, yes, I'm a Marine, but I'm going to construe what's actually supposed to happen. It's like con artist kind of stuff. Okay. So I think the theme might be either con artists, frauds, that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, next week we get to find out. Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Welcome back, non-movie listeners. I'm sure most of you have watched this movie, and if you felt how I felt about it, you're like, I don't need to listen to it anymore. And, you know, that's understandable. I'm starting to relate with people who skip our movie portion and just go, skip to the jokes. (laughs) Give me the jokes. Okay, well. That's okay. All right, well, uh, what's the improv segment? The improv segment, we're bringing it back 
from episode 38 called The Apprentice. Oh, yeah. Cool. And this, for our audience members who have a short memory, like I do, and I actually had to go back and listen to the episode, it's when one of us is an imposter. We are pretending to be in a position. We've been doing it 10 to 20 years. We've been doing it for a while. And due to budget cuts, um, they've had to bring in an intern for free labor. And that person's like straight out of college. They have a pretty good idea of how this job goes. And we have no idea what we're doing. We've been yeah. in this job for 10, 20 years. And somehow we've skated through and just pretended to work. So now during this segment, one of us will pick the job and the other person will be the intern. Or whatever. And the other person has to walk the intern through. Let me show you the ropes, kid. And they have no idea what they're doing. So let's make it happen, man. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to be the apprentice or the master? I'll be the apprentice. Okay. What job do you want me to do? Um, Can you teach me how to be a firefighter? Okay. All right. Sweet, man. All right, new intern, fresh blood. Come on up, come on up. Hey, uh, my name's Alex. Um, got out of high school, um, you know, this May. Uh, I took a couple classes in school for one semester. I've been able to train with the with the volunteer department um, across town, and I'm really excited to start. <laughs> Didn't want to go to college like the rest of these dumb dumbs. Okay, I see. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, uh, how about uh, I show you around the station first, Sweet, and sure. uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. All right. Over here mm-hmm. is the bunks. You know, this is where we all sleep. Um, uh, over here is the kitchen, and yeah. uh, upstairs. So I've never been upstairs. Um, I I actually don't know what's up there. Um, I've wanted to okay. go up there cause I want to use the poles, right? That's why everybody does the whole firefighter thing. Right. That's where um, the bunks are. Wait, the bunks are upstairs, right? Cause that's why you would take the pole down. Um, when you're sleeping, what, you'd come. That's why everybody goes up. Okay. I've just been sleeping on the couch. How I long have you been doing this? You're the chief, right? 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. You've been sleeping on the couch. Well, no one's told me not to. Well, you're the boss. I don't think anyone's going to tell you anything, right? Well, when you put it like... Th- okay, never mind, never mind. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the firehouse. Sweet. Uh, let's, let, let's go over the equipment. Okay. okay. This right here is um, a fire station branded uh, sweatshirt. It's just a nice little sweatshirt. This yeah. is what you are going to wear when you go fight fires. Because... Um, I do... Um, isn't this flammable? Do we don't we have like fire retardant gear and stuff like uh, but, that? But the sweatshirt is already kind of thick, and uh, it has like the fire station logo on it, so like people will know where we're from. And, but like, isn't this do. like a cotton blend? This will like stick to me, right? If it burns, like it'll well, get stuck to my skin. <laughs> then I guess you better not get burned, huh? <laughs> All right, uh, let me show you the truck. Um, yeah. So this here, you you have to take a special class in order to drive it. Um, I haven't, and taken the class or drove it. So over here is the hose. I this is probably the most important part. Um, this is uh, the little end that we bust into a fire hydrant, and yeah. this is the. Wait, I thought that was the end that the we what? we spray with, and that's the end that we hook up. 
to the hydrant. I mean, it's a hose. A hose has two I'm ends. really confused. Do you know why we're on a ladder truck and it has a hose on it? That's it. Okay, the red light, red light. We got to get in. Come on, Kate. You ready to go on your first mission? I mean, are you coming? Hop in, hop in. Okay. I thought I'm not allowed to drive, remember? I, no, you're, a not class dri- or? you're not driving. Th- Thomas is driving. Get on the get on the side. Hold on tight. I'm. Wait. Are we gonna bring our gear or? The gear's already on the scene. Let's go. Let's go. The gear's on the. Se- did someone set their? Did a firehouse catch on fire? You're asking too many questions. The Let's gear go to the scene. Is already there. Huh. All right. We're here at the scene. All right. Um, Alex, thank you for not asking any more questions. Whew, that was tiring. Um, so first thing you're going to want to do is we're going to extend the ladder all the way to the top. Now I know what you're thinking, but Chief Craig, the fire's only on the first floor. Why would we go to the top? That's because we want to get the jump on the fire, literally. So Wait, if-, if we vent the roof, isn't the f- is the fire going to get bigger? No, 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 no. Because if we open up the roof, then wind is going to come in and it's going to blow out the fire. Have you ever blown out a birthday candle? It's kind of like that. We but just kind of have to open Don't you also the- blow on fire to make it bigger because oxygen? I'm confused. Also, isn't it a little dangerous to go on the roof because it could collapse? Listen. Do we even know if people are inside? Do you want to be gonna- safe or do you want to save lives? That's. I'm on board for saving lives. Is there anyone still in there? Didn't the neighbors call this in? I don't think anyone's home. Well, it doesn't matter who is or isn't home. We gotta stop this fire. Okay. So, let's just water the walls, right? Front door, break the front windows. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? You think you're so smart? You're chief now. Hey, guess what? You're chief now. Hey, Alex? Alex, day one on the job? You're chief now. I'm just wondering, because this is not anything I learned at the other department. Hey, who taught you? Who taught you? Who taught you from the other department? Uh, Captain Richards. Oh, he headed up he's a liar. He's a liar and he's a racist. Bet you didn't guess that, huh? Well, he's Asian and his wife is black. So that's a well, little confusing. Listen, what can I say? Not everyone gets a pass. Cox gun. what a freaking disaster bro dude oh my god so many people died that day so So many people died no one was in my house and people still died (laughs) mostly all the firefighters are like let's go through the roof (laughs) one story building we're going into the roof (laughs) all right good stuff um, Alex, can you teach me how to be a sword fighter? Well, you came to the right place, right place, man, because <clears throat> I'm a professional fencer. I've been in the Olympics four times, so you can really follow my lead. I'll, I'll break it down for you. All right, let's go for it. So, Junior, I don't know if you've heard or seen my resume. I've been in the Olympics four times. It's actually quite impressive. Um, haven't got any medals. But we go as a team, and most of the time my team gets medals. So you know, team effort. Usually fencing, one-on-one sport, but over here, it's a team effort. Do you like tag team? Well, no, because that's illegal, right? Um, But we go together. Um, Jordan's mom over there. Um, I mean, I might be the only person over over 40 here. I mean, everyone else is in their 20s because of reflexes. 
Um, okay, wait, I have a question. Um, yes. You said that you went to the Olympics four times. Yes. Did you compete or were you just there? Well, you see, someone has to transport the Olympians. And I'm also the team manager. And um, Hold on real quick. I have, to, I have to make a call real quick. Um, okay. Hey, hey, Dennis, um, did you get me sword fighting lessons from the fencer's bus driver? No, no. Yeah, no. No, he has like a thick southern this. Yeah, no, that's not the guy. That's that's not the guy. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, well, I think my as appointment I was saying, is I have a long history else. in the sport, a long history. Um, I've been in the sport 20, 30 years now. I'm 56. So I started when I was about your age. Right? Um, I'm sorry. My, I think my appointment is is somewhere else. Do you know? Uh, do you know where Mr. Smith's classroom is? Yeah, that's my brother. Um, I taught him everything he knows. Um, so first, um, I'll have you strip down to your underwear, please. Oh, no. Oh, um, actually, no, that won't be necessary. It's, um, it's very important for flexibility purposes. No, I already um, paid for the other class, though, and this doesn't seem like the right fit. Well, here's the thing. Not only is that other class booked, but I am well, the, I, the, I know the it's trainer of the I, trainers. I, I, I know it's booked because I got a ticket or I got admission Listen, for this. I'm sure they're very busy over there. Let me show you the ropes. Yeah, now, I want to be part of that. We're going to start with the Palma horse. That's not now, real. A lot of people think this is only for gymnastics, but I found that is crucial to understanding the fencing technique. So please strip down to your underwear and mount the horse, please. Uh, again, not only do I not want to strip down to my underwear, the horse is, um, I'm going to say unnecessary to say the least. Next, I will need you, once you have done those first two tasks, please grab the baseball bat. Okay. Um, well, the baseball bat doesn't seem, uh, very. Do you think that the Knights of the Round Table went immediately to horses? Immediately to swords, immediately I, to all these things. Here you are skipping steps. Now, please. Uh, it's very important that you strip down, reflex purposes, flexibility purposes, breathability of your loins. Mount. I do the have to ask. And then I grab do have to the ask Louisville real quick. Slider. Yes. Are you the same person I started this conversation with? Because the guy I started the conversation with was incredibly Southern, and you kind of have more of like a. Like an American As English you know, I am very well-traveled um, for Olympics. I don't know if you've heard. And the thing about being well-traveled, going to four Olympics, you pick up a little bit here and there. So, yes, Southern is where I grew up. I grew up in the South. I have that accent. But also, I studied abroad. And I learned that in this sport... Once you travel and you learn from the cultures, there's more than one way to swing a bat. Yeah, Do you no, understand? Dennis, Dennis, he's not letting me go. I, I don't now, know what to tell you. Please no, strip I, down. I, no, can to I your get? Underwear. I can still get to the other. Cl- no, let them know I'm. I'm, I'm on my way. I am down on my way. to your underwear. I'm so sorry. Um, please I cannot stay. Strip I, down. I'm leaving. Please. Hey, strip, hey, no, I'm strip, leaving. I'm leaving. Underwear. Get off me. Get please off me. Please strip Stop. down, sir. How do you expect? Don't make me do this. To defend yourself with a sword. I will. If you can't even use a baseball bat effectively. Cox gun.
<laughs> Freaking mayhem, dude. This guy was senile. <laughs> this guy was delusional. This guy was not on the same planar realm as the rest of us. <laughs> dude, Lord knows how he still has a job. <laughs> so- I don't, I, the only way a guy like that still has a job is if his employers don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know that for the first two months I've been here, I've been taking lessons with a guy who switches accents every three minutes and tells us about his time abroad? I've been training with a baseball bat for months. <laughs> okay. Well, that was The Apprentice. <laughs> Um, we're going to move on to our middle segment now. Uh, I have brought us a book for the PG book club. Nice. Uh, so (laughs) this book is, um, when I was in middle school, my parents had me read a book about puberty. Oh no, dude. This book is called. Preparing for Adolescence by Dr. James Dobson, and it was published approximately 1994, 1996, and I read it in 2011. So, I think this could be a little problematic, and I'm not against that, but the fact that we are two grown adults about to talk about the adolescent body. Oh, don't worry, we're not talking about... The adolescent part at all. We are here to roast Dr. James Dobson on a spike. (laughs) All right, let's do it, dude. So here's the thing about this book. It struck me as odd then, and it strikes me as odd now, is that nowhere on the front or back cover or whatever of this book does it uh, reveal that it has um, religious undertones, which is fine. A lot of this book is written through a Christian lens, which is fine. It's just the matter of he didn't tell us this until the end of the first chapter. And then after that, he really doubles down on it. Um, Who does, you know what? I'm super excited to open up a book, right? And there's religious undertones, but it's also like for Islam. And you're like, wait, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see this coming. Uh, Dr. James Dobson uh, citing the Quran. That was <laughs> yeah, weird. Didn't like, expect didn't that. that happen, dude. <laughs> or open it up and it's like Orthodox Jewish. And you're yeah. Like, whoa. Did not. Into- I'm, I'm used to some of this, but uh, not what I expected. So I read, pr- I skimmed through most of this book to find content to talk about. And uh, throughout the entire book, he only makes one citation that uh, he puts in the footnotes of the book. I didn't check at the end to see if there were citations. But there's one footnote citation, and it is to himself. <laughs> Dude, if you can't cite yourself, then who... Are, are you really a scholar? Like, <laughs> and a self-indulgent one at that. Dude, that's that's fire. He's getting points for me, dude. No flaws yet. What a uh, legend, dude. Yeah. Uh, dude, from now on, all my papers, if I ever write one again, are citing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the uh, the big thing that I want to talk about is he did a chapter on... So chapter four is called, I Think I've Fallen in Love. Oh, now, when yes. I when I read this book, 
Um, I've you and I both have been hopeless romantics our entire lives. Yep, and, born and raised. And so when I read this book, I was like, I was in like sixth or seventh grade, and I was so ready for a girlfriend. Like I'm, I want a date so sixth or seventh bad. Seventh grade already had one. Yeah, and I was not that cool, unfortunately. Um, so when didn't I kiss got her. Only held hands. <laughs> so when I got to the section that's like, I think I've fallen in love, I'm like, finally, some relevant information. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so he asks, like, hey, can you answer these questions about the meaning of love? And he asks, like, and he gives, like, these beliefs about love. And the first thing is, like... Do you believe in instant love? I believe that love and first sight occurs between some people. And he's like, well, there are some individuals who believe that romantic love occasionally hits two strangers like a bolt of lightning the moment they first see each other. There they are, just walking down the sidewalk or sitting in church, and zappo! Their eyes pop, their ears ring, their toes curl, and they have, quote, fallen in love. All right, I'm going to pause real quick. Um, My... Toes never curl, bro. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing that is cited all the time. Like people will kiss and be like, and their toes will curl. I'm like, what is, are you sh- getting electrocuted? <laughs> I never do that. It's so weird. My feet will cramp. <laughs> the And the next section in this uh, uh, segment says confusion in music. Many love songs show that writers did not know the difference between genuine love and the temporary feeling described above. One popular song contained this phrase, before the dance was through, I knew I was in love with you. Come on now, that's not love. During the course of the dance, this guy merely had a few warm thoughts and figured he had somehow slid into romance during the second stanza. But beware, any feeling that arrives during one dance might just disappear during the next. And like, here's the big thing about this book in general. He says a lot of things that are right, but man, what a buzzkill. I also hate... I hate the way he's saying it. It's too conversational. Be like, can we pretend that you're spitting facts real quick and not talk to me like I'm a stranger on the bus? And you're like, the problem with these kids these days, bro. Yeah. Can you pretend like this is a book? <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, <laughs> say it with some authority and not like we're buds hanging out, man. And I and I love the line. Many of the many of the songs show that the writers did not know the difference between love and the temporary feeling. They do. Trust me, they do. Hey, dude. Have you heard of music? (laughs) Have you heard of music? Hey, bro, hear me out, man. Maybe they'll get to that later. Hey, maybe every (laughs) song is about touching on something relatable and not spitting freaking facts the entire time. Can you imagine? I mean, Bill and I would do it. But if you just listen to a song and everything they said had to be 100% accurate and fact checked. <laughs> hey, dude, chill, man. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. It's absolutely not. Um, and obviously, you know, talk about the love section. There's um, a whole segment on sex before marriage. And it's pretty much all Bible verses. Um, then... They say, like, uh, I believe that teenagers are more capable of genuine love than older people. Uh, Wait, genuine he said love. 
Uh, this is a sorry. This is one of the myths that he's disproving. Oh my! Excuse me, while I end my own life. Uh, uh, genuine love requires a certain measure of maturity. You see, dedicated love is only possible for those who have the ability to give of themselves. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Dude, I uh, roast it, but I have no idea what he's talking about. What does that mean to give of yourself? Absolutely no idea. What I thought, what I was anticipating you were going to say is you can't truly love someone until you love yourself. Because you've heard that a yeah. million times. That's not what he said. I don't I don't know what he said. <laughs> I, I, I think... That sounds yeah, like someone sp- said it in Spanish and then hit Google Translate <laughs> to English. And <laughs> grammatically it makes sense, but we have no idea what he's saying. Okay, so uh, later on, he does this section about the search for identity. <coughs> Dude, these are we all move- great topics, by the way. He's yeah, just butchering th- them. Yeah. So there's uh, this paragraph reads, At five years of age, Michael toddles off to kindergarten, where he spends most of his time riding tricycles. A year later, he has some trouble learning to read. He has no idea why. Michael rarely gets happy faces on his school papers and never gets complimented on his schoolwork. Junior year finally rolls around and he is not good at basketball, tennis, or golf. He doesn't know what he wants to be when he grows up. In fact, he's not even sure if he wants to grow up. Um... Michael's problem is extreme and it may not apply to you. Uh, however, most teenagers lack a sense of identity to some degree. Hey, Dr. Dobson, it doesn't sound like he Wait, this lacks guy's a doctor? I- yep. It doesn't sound like that Michael here has a lack of identity. It sounds like he has ADHD. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm sick. And- hey, let's not fix teenagers, bro. Their hormones are out of whack. Their friends are all also out of whack. They have, they're living in a house where a multitude of things are dysfunctional, almost guaranteed. All right. And also you're talking about things everybody knows. Hey dude, everyone knows there's a difference between wanting to bone and being like, I think I want to be with this person for the rest of my life. And if you don't know that. Then let this them, book is not going to fix it. Th- no one's going to read and realize that. Now, also, an identity crisis. This is super important. And your little made-up person that you did not exist to fit your little prerogative is not only annoying, it's confusing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I want to touch on is the final chapter of this book is him having, quote, an open discussion with teens where uh, presumably he got like four or five kid or four or five teenagers in a room. They all sat in a circle, you know, prayer style, and he's having a conversation with them. And he says, um, uh, so he's asking this girl about herself and she said, and he asks her, if you sat down to write a paper called, who am I? What would you say? Would you say that your interest in drama is the most important thing we should know about you? And she responds with, I think so. But even this interest is just a front because the real me is hiding beneath it somewhere. And then he responds with, that's a very interesting point. We'll get back to it in a moment. Okay. First of, first of all, kids don't talk like that. Teenagers oh, do say, not talk like there, that. Is their parent a therapist? <laughs> No one. What? No. Okay. This ch- this kid is fifteen. Oh that she that gosh, that he's talking to. Dude. No. For the most part, 
unless you have been through severe trauma and needed to mature before you hit double digits in age, you are not 15 and being like, my interest in theater is just a front. The real me is in here somewhere. Actually, what? The more you... Okay, I just bullied my mic. <laughs> I'm thinking it is totally possible a kid would say that because they saw it on TV. Oh, That's sure. So like I'm mature for my age. Um, I'm not like other guys, other girls, whatever. I know that there's a deeper meaning than what I'm going through. And what I'm going through right now and experiencing with you is not my authentic self. There's 100% a freaking, what, 15-year-old out there saying that. They just have no idea what it means. And the fact that you're taking – the fact that we're even talking to teenagers and it's not that what they're saying isn't important. It's just that it doesn't mean anything. You know what it's I mean? The, it's the fact that teenagers – work so hard to have their outer self be the best that it can possibly be right also they're gonna get literally three years older and be like oh my they're gonna be appalled at who they were it's unavoidable because here's the thing about being a teenager is there's so much going on in one moment that like it's hard to figure out who you are in that moment because everything around you is constantly changing and to have it like uh, 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 like written in this book and published and like memorialized for all of time. Like there's something like you're going to perform and there, there's no way that this is a real person. Yeah. And I feel also, like this guy's also never talked to a kid his entire life. No, like, this is so Steve Buscemi. I too am rad. Cool kid. Be, and I just love how it's like, Hey, I just think that this, uh, what my interests are just a front because the real me is hiding beneath me somewhere. And Dr. Dobson is like, very interesting. Now on to the next person in the same sentence. Sorry, your Dr. thing Freaking... is no longer important. And the, the last thing that I want to say is before I bully this guy too hard. What's his name? Dr. Dobson. Yep. D O B S O N. He's definitely dead. Guaranteed. <laughs> 100% uh, dead. Are you looking it up? Yep. Dr. Dobson, Family James Institute, Dobson. James Dobson. He's, de- I don't want to, his family's going to listen to this podcast and be freaking traumatized. Dr. James Dobson. Apparently this guy's pretty famous. An American evangelical Christian author. Oh, I'm evangelical. Psychologist. And founder in 1997 of Focus on the Family. This guy's famous. I know who this guy is. <laughs> I know who this guy is. Also, he was born in 1936. Okay? And there's also a 100% chance he voted for Trump. So I'm not saying this guy's <laughs> a bad guy. But we're saying you shouldn't take anything he says to but heart. I'm also saying 1937. Actually, he was born in 1936, dude. It Were they still l- doing lobotomies back then? He, dude, <laughs> 1936 was before the Second World War. <laughs> this guy remembers Nazis. Okay. This guy was around when the term PTSD was invented. This guy, there's a pretty good chance that he didn't have black friends till the 80s. Okay. <laughs> he probably didn't even see. They were riding on different transportation, if you know what I mean. The last thing that I want to say about this book before we wrap it up for good. He's also from Louisiana. I'm going to cut him some slack. 
It's not looking good. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is every time he asks uh, one of these teenagers how old they are, they always say, I'm 15, but I'll be 16 in June. I'm 16. I'm going on 17. And he go and he he's like, going to be. Each of you has pushed up your age a little bit. Let me tell you something. In about 15 years, you'll be trying to hold it down. I can guarantee that. Shut up, dude. Dude, that's that's so dad joke. It's so like parent giving advice that you did not ask for. It's one of those like, oh, appreciate your youth while you still have yeah. it. No one knows how to do that. No one knows how to do that. <laughs> Nobody knows how to do that, dude. It's one of those and things, like, you don't realize how health, how important your health is to you until it's not. You can't take it for granted. We know, dude. But when you're healthy all the time, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, and also, he's like, you keep pushing your age up. We don't know what month it was when it was written. This could have been May. So when she says, I turned 16 in June, that's relevant. Hey, dude. His wife's name is Shirley. Okay? I, this makes so much sense for who he is. Oh, uh, okay. It makes that so was, much sense. So, that, that was, you know what? Whatever. That was um Oh dude, he went to a church that that had a ban on dancing and going to the movies, man. No, I'm, that makes so much sense. Everything about this book makes sense when you hear that specifically. Yeah. So, he's literally yeah. the dad from Dirty Dancing and he's trying to give us adolescent advice. You know what? He also frequents the Fox News channel as a guest. I'm going to just say that he's got a lot of pros and a lot of cons, and he might just be a little too old to be in touch with what's happening right now. And that he might was, be me discounting elder wisdom and being like, well, you guys don't get it. You don't understand. Yes, but he's also in his 80s. It is impossible for him to really get what's going on right now. Also, and, and, this book was old now. Okay? Yeah. So, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take back a little bit of that benefit of the doubt because this book came out in the '90s. He was still in his 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was preparing for adolescence, and that was the PG book club. Alex, hit me with that one hit wonder. One hit wonder for this week is called "Our Permission." I am going to look up a random actor using our random actor generator. We're going to look at their bio and see if they have accomplished enough to have our permission to die. And a lot of these people that may come up, maybe they have two or three good movies, really can't cement themselves as legends. They can't die yet. They have a little bit more to achieve. A couple of these people might actually be legends. They can have our permission to die. But what we about, are going to look. <clears throat> what about the people like Scorsese, who is old and is definitely a legend? But permission like, to die, bro. Permission but to I'm, die. He has achieved but, enough. But I'm saying, like, what if we don't want him to stop? No. See, wanting to die, like, for <clears> instance, <throat> Quentin Tarantino has one more movie he's going to make. Everyone wants to see that last movie. Yeah, but as far as making it to the Hall of Fame, he's already there. He has a permission to die. Because it's not like people, like right now, if, like, Til Timothy Chalamet died or whatever his name is, if he died, people would be like, man, we there was so much potential. A couple of these people are like, yeah, they had potential, but we all know they're good, you know? Yeah. 
Okay. So we're going to okay. decide like, have you accomplished enough that you can die and be like, listen, I still did the dream. You know what I mean? And if any of these actors die between us recording really this and us releasing this, uh, they were probably an anti-vaxxer. So it's all good. All right. First one on a random generator is Jake Gyllenhaal. Not yet. So looking up his movies, right? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, banger. Source Code, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, in the new Spider-Man, Brokeback Mountain, Prisoners, Donnie Dargo. This guy's got a freaking resume. I think Source he's got code. one more in him. I think he's got one more killer in him. But I think if he died now, I don't think yeah, I don't think he's a legend. I think he's very good, but yeah. he's not a legend. I think he needs to stay alive. Um, yeah, he d- was nominated for only one Oscar. Yeah, he, I don't think he has our permission to die. Yeah, not yet. Uh, Jeff Bridges has our permission. Um, let's see. Jeff Bridges, Big Lebowski, obviously. Um, a bunch of other movies I haven't seen, to be honest with you. He's been in Hell or High Water, Crazy Heart, Starman, are his other three known for, and I've never even heard of them. He was in R.I.P.D. with um, Reynolds. That movie sucked. He was in Surf's Up. He was, he was in, in both the, Tron movies. Those he are, was in the OG Iron Man. Uh, both Tron movies are considered like sci-fi classics. Listen, he's old enough to die, but I think he doesn't. He can't die yet. I think he's one of those people that... If you, I, I think he's one of those people that has a movie for everyone at this point. I just think you would have to go back and find yours. Yeah. He was in a lot of movies in the 70s and the 80s. And st- he has freaking five movies that came out in the 90 and 96. So he has my permission to die. Yeah. I don't think he's put out amazing stuff. So he's he can't die for me. Sorry, bud. Brian Cranston. He, oh, dude. This one's weird. Because in term because first of all, two bangers. Malcolm in the middle and breaking bad back to back. Fantastic. Yeah, he's a legend. He's yeah. that's amazing. But if you if we look at his like movie stuff, that's where it falters. Because like who what are people gonna remember him for like film filmography wise? Power Rangers? Um, what's Argo? it called? The, inf- the informant, Argo, the, the infiltrator. Yeah, the infiltrator. Yeah, there's not a lot. Well, the thing is, he's a late bloomer. He start. He got into acting yeah. in like his 40s. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say he has our permission to die purely because of the Malcolm breaking. Yeah, duo. because of Breaking Bad, dude. He is single hand. That has single handedly saved him. It. I mean. I mean, not really saved him. We gave, we're giving him permission to die. <laughs> In fact, it's the thing that killed him. <laughs> it's the thing that kills him. Um, but other than that, dude, the, th- the sad thing is, is, like, he's an amazing guy. You can listen to him on a bunch of podcasts, and he's an amazing guy. But I'm saying, um, like, his memoir, do cooler stuff, I guess. His memoir is what made me realize I like memoirs. It's like it's called A Life in Parts. And mm. if you want to read an actor's memoir, his is a fantastic fantastic one to read. All right. Jason Bateman. Not yet. I don't He's think He's got freaking yet. Ozarks. 
He's got Ozark and Arrested Development. Arrested Development, both freaking bangers. He's got yeah. Zootopia. Yeah. He's got Juno. He's got Horrible Bosses. Ah, oh, dang. Those are all He's really got good. Hit and Run, Identity Thief, which is not my movies. He's got The Switch, also not my movie. He's got the quite a bad. few. Tropic Thunder. He, and he plays himself. He's in Hancock. I forgot about that. See, these are not bad. These are not these are amazing, all good. These are all, all good. I good. don't know if it puts him in legend, though. Ozark and Arrested Development are the two things that, if they were, would put him in legend status. Yeah. I think the thing is, is what I'm saying is, if they were to die now, right, are our kids going to know who they are? And I don't think they would. I. Because our kids are going to know who Robin Williams is. Yeah. But that's just a, I, I, I don't know. You, it, you uh, can't the thing is, him. The thing is, Arrested Development is such a... It's one of those comedians comedies type deal. So it's really a hit or miss on if they would want to watch something like that. Yeah. But I also think it's like Frasier. I don't know yeah. anybody in Frasier. Sure. Yeah. So and I'm going to say... Good, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he can die yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. He has potential to get there, but he, he can't die yet. All right, let's do two or three more. Okay. Um, Jennifer Gardner. Not yet. I don't think not yet. So she's got, dude, if you're known for the newest one is 2007, that's not good. That is Hold not on. good. Let me guess. Newest one is 2007. This is her known for. I don't know. What is it? Juno. Juno, her known for is Daredevil's in there, right? Yeah, dude, that's is not Ele- good. Is Elektra if- also up there? Is it Daredevil and Elektra? No, it's just Daredevil. Okay, it's thirteen going on thirty. Juno, Daredevil, oh. and Alias. Thirteen going on thirty is such a classic rom com. I love that. Um, definitely she not can't legend. Die, bro. Not, I'm, I'm yeah. scrolling through her stuff. She cannot die. Yeah, because she's like, a. I didn't know. I forgot about her, dude, to be honest. The most recent thing that I think I've seen her in is Catch Me If You Can. I was going to say Love, Simon (laughs) in terms of like release, chronological release. I I think was Love, Simon. I I don't know if it's been a minute. (laughs) Let me see. Well, I'm already in 2009, so that's not (laughs) Who was? I missed her in Dallas Buyers Club. But I would have seen that. It was Juno, 2007. Yikes. Before you... that, catch me if you can. Before that, freaking, dude, I've I've just avoided her. I'm, yeah. I don't know who she is, apparently. Watch Love, Simon. It's a good movie. She's not in it very much, but it'll give you a, a newer Jennifer Garner movie. Let's do two right. more. Let's do two more. Okay. So we're going to click on Love, Simon. I'm throwing out the random actor because there's not going to be a whole lot of women, to be honest with you. <laughs> so let's do. Oh, Lake Heath. Oh, he's freaking awesome. I think if if he were to die, everyone would be like, "Man, we freaking he was gonna yeah. be amazing." So I think he definitely has the work, dude. Sorry to, to bother be- you. Knives Out, Selma. He's in Atlanta. He's, he's in also in Judas and the Black 12. Messiah. Um, he was in Short Term Twelve, the movie that I watched a few weeks ago. He's fantastic in that. He's, he's one good of those in everything. Yeah, he's one of those people that is like always flies under the radar, 
but gives the best performance every time. Also, so, he was in Get Out. This guy's a so, cultural phenomenon, bro. So I think, I think he has our permission to die in the sense that he has a legacy, but I don't want him to because there's so much more. There's so much more. But I'm saying, if yeah, if he were to die, everyone would be pissed about it. They'd be like, there was so, we knew he has, dude. He played Snoop Dogg and Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, this he's guy's fantastic. He's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. All right, last one. Last one. We have Jamie Lee Curtis. Halloween. Um, Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Dude, when you when your legacy starts with the first Halloween, I think you're good. I think she was also big in the 80s and 90s. So we kind of missed her. Yeah. Like she was in, I'm looking at her stuff. I've heard of this stuff. I just haven't watched it. Like Trading Places. I don't, bro. Yeah. I've heard of it. Never seen it. I know she you know, was a big she was deal. also in Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was just one of those things where, you know, now she just does what she wants to for fun. Yeah, I think every mom in America would be very upset. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's not forget the um, stint she had with Activia. Uh, that's, dude, to be honest, that's where I know her from. Freaky yeah, Friday say, and Activia. Everyone in our generation knows Jamie Lee Curtis as the Activia. Which is spokesperson. not good. <laughs> not good. So does she need to do one more for the new she generation? She needs to do a movie that gets her nominated for an Oscar because she's never been nominated. Yeah. And it needs to be just a great movie that people our age can be like, oh, my gosh, she was awesome. Because, like, there's yeah. quite a few movies with, like, old people. Like, for instance, Clint Eastwood that our parents love, but we haven't seen him in a great movie in a while. Yeah, like people, I mean, like that was Knives Out, kind of. She yeah. wasn't super prominent in that movie, but, you know, that that's, we need something like Knives Out for her. She, yeah, she needs to be the main character and she needs to kill it. So all of our people in our age will be like, oh my gosh, where has she been? I had no idea she was that good. She needs that. And then yeah. she can die. Yeah. So you're on the cusp, Jamie. Don't die yet. Don't die yet. You don't right. have our permission. That was our permission, man. That was our permission. Um, I want to tell you what else I've been doing this week. Sweet. Um, I watched the new Suicide Squad. Uh, it's on my list, dude. I'm watching it this Fantastic. week. Fantastic. So good. So good. Dude, here's the thing. I <clears throat> hate switching out actors for other actors. The fact that they got rid of Will Smith and got Idris Elba. By the way, uh, I love both those men so much. I would... Want them to be my dad so bad, dude. <laughs> would it if, help if, if I my told mom you... just wasn't in the picture and I was raised by two dads? That would be amazing. <laughs> would it help if I told you that they don't play the same character? I knew it because I think people are getting smart about that stuff. Been like, hey, you can't play the same character. People will not watch a movie for that reason. So yeah. that's on my list. Um, I'm very excited to watch that. I'm glad to think it's good. Yeah. Um, when they shared that cast, it's like, the the photo that James Gunn shared was like I don't know like twenty twenty five a list actors and I'm like how are they gonna make a movie with all these people? They do it, they do it. Yeah, 
I'm also watching Wonder Woman 1984 this weekend too. Okay, yeah, and Space um, Jam. <clears throat> the other thing that I did was I finished season two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which okay. got picked up by Roku. <laughs> It got canceled by NBC, and I was super upset about it, but the day after I finished it, Roku picked it up. Am I a little hesitant that it had to get picked up by Roku? A little. Am I optimistic anyway? Kind of. So this is, you finished the second season, so it's getting picked up for a third season. So what they're doing is they're doing a two-hour closing movie, like a finale movie. And if that does well, then they'll do an actual season three. Got you. So who knows? I also read the Sin City graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, was that misogynistic. Holy crap. Like he described like on page three, he describes a corpse specifically by her breasts. And I'm like, yikes, dude. yikes. I've it never seen one- Sin City for multiple reasons. Wait, you've seen the? Have you seen the movies and went to the no, comic book? No, I, I was. I w- no, I just want. I wanted to read it before I saw the movie. Gotcha. Okay. It, it's just one of those things where the book is so well written, but it's like I get disgusted by every other word he says. Yeah, I I try to put my mind in in the place of where I'm like this is of the time, um, and I think. Our kids are going to have to do that. They're going to be like, wow, we just straight called. uh," I mean, we didn't. But like, imagine how disgusted we are. Our kids are going to be like, this is horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They'd be like, we used to call people colored. (laughs) Also, there's stuff we're saying now that I'm like, this is not going to fly. This whole person of color thing, that is not going (laughs) to stick, bro. They're looking at like, uh, like South Park episodes from 2004. And they're like, this was satire? Yeah. It's, um yeah. it's rough. It's anything rough. else that you have? Um finished uh Survivor season 1. Okay. It's not good. And <laughs> oh, the camera, the thing is it's not the no one knows how to play the game yet. And the cameras weren't very bad. Very. Oh bad. yeah, so, so this your is 2001. It came out this in two thousand, bro. So what? We're rocking with that hot four by three aspect ratio. Yeah, I hope you're okay with widescreen not being invented yet. <laughs> you know, quality worse than you know YouTube videos. It's like those bad, bad. Um, and we're starting. We started season two today. And you'll have to let us know. You'll have to let us know when you should start. Like if you were to get if you wanted to go back to the earliest good season, you'll have to let us know okay. when, what that yeah, is. Yeah, as far as the earliest good season, I'll let you know. So far, I've watched there's two on Netflix, and then we got um, Paramount, so we're gonna watch all of them. We watched the 28th season on Netflix. There's only just the 20th season and the 28th season on Netflix, which who knows why Netflix bought those two seasons. The 28th one on Netflix is Fire. I think if you aren't sure about Survivor at all, then you should watch that one. Um, but I'll let you know when they start getting good if you want to watch them in chronological order. Yeah. They do um, they do the yeah. Netflix does the same thing with Jeopardy where they'll just buy like random seasons where it's like, all right, we have the teachers tournament from twenty fourteen and the teen tournament from last year and this random week from two thousand four. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm assuming that 
they're just picking the ones that people liked. But I'm like, this is so dumb, dude. There's 41 seasons out right now. They're coming out with the 42nd season. Like, it's whack. It's whack. It's whack, bro. Like, I don't need you to cherry pick the quote unquote good ones. There's a billion seasons people like this stuff. So, who knows? But I'm excited. Um, Craig, what is our next movie? Next week, wrapping up the mystery month, we are watching Heathers. Uh, it's an old teen drama with my girl Winona Ryder, uh, and Christian Slater is also in it. Uh, very excited about it. I, I like this movie a lot. I have not seen it. I've heard people talking about this movie for literally the past 10 years of my life. So it better be good, man. It's such a, yeah, I, I, actually I'll save that for when we talk about it, but all right, well, that's it for the show. Uh, you can follow us at our handles. If you'd like, we're going to say them in a second. Um, <laughs> uh, but otherwise my name is Craig Wells, AKA permanent handle. And I'm Alex, the goods follow me on Instagram and Twitter. AKA Alex. Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces.